0: What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. We've been wanting to do this one for a while, but we wanted to get everybody together to do it. Uh, Basketball superlatives. We're going to finally put a bow on the season, do some grades, best player, biggest win, thing we were most right about, and the thing we were all most wrong about. We're going to have an honest show today. All that and more in today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. I am Ryan Herring's, your host as always. Uh, we got Justin, we got Rajiv. Uh, we've been wanting to do this show for a while, gentlemen, and just kind of put a bow on the basketball season. And it's been tough because it kind of ended as spring practice was going and then we were getting some commits. and But we got to do this, and I want to do this, so... We have a bunch of categories we're going to talk about. Uh, we're just going to start here, and again, this is for the season. These are grades for the season, reflections on the season. So, the off season that preceded it doesn't really factor in. I just want to just want to preface that. Um, so, let's start here. I want to do some grades. Let's go with Gray Guard. How would you grade Gray Guard for this
1: season? I think Justin should go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna split this. And I'm just going to say this: for in-game coaching, I will give him a B minus. For roster management, I will give him a D plus. Okay, interesting. So I, didn't, right. I didn't think he was bad. A game day coach. I, we we talked about the situations. I know Rajiv is going to go into it a little bit later. His his uh his late game situations. I'm not a fan of. And that's the biggest area that I have to hit it. And I don't think that he took full advantage of developing his bench this year. And I think it hurt him late in the season. Um, that's the areas that I would say from a coaching standpoint, the roster management coming into the season was a train wreck. I think we'd all agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he put himself behind the eight ball to start the season to begin with by not having the the level of depth that you need to be able to win at a high level in this league.
2: And I will just give one grade and it's right between yours. I'm giving him a straight C. Um, and I think that it's really because of the way I agree that the way he managed the bench and the roster the entire season, not giving guys Hodges needed to play more. Lindsey needed to play more. There was no development to the bench early in the season. And thus late in the season, we complained about depth all the time. And that to me is is a, is a huge coaching area. Obviously, his, his in-game situations. I wouldn't I wouldn't give his in-game situation as high as a B plus. I think it's more of like a B minus. A B minus. I, I said. I yeah, oh, you know, you did say B, B minus. B minus okay. <laughs> I I think that his in-game situations was were lacking, but that also is a, simply a function of the talent that was on the team this year. We obviously didn't see what we needed to see, but yeah, solid C for him. Wasn't very happy overall, but a lot of room to grow.
0: I am actually a bit of an outlier here. I, I went B minus overall. And and again, this is, this is just for, if I were to grade his off season and the build of this roster, that would be a significantly different grade. <laughs> I I just tend to think he was very, listen, I think any coach would have been really limited with this roster. I mean, even think about even the players, and I agree with both of you. I, I We talked about it. I wanted McGee to play more. I wanted over to play some. I wanted, but I think, We've seen those guys in games. None of those guys were bringing this team more wins this year. I, I don't think. No,
1: yeah, I, I don't think they may. I think what they do do is they can provide you with valuable minutes where you're not just wringing mm-hmm. every last bit of energy out of your starters. I, I, I just
2: right uh, I but, think I disagree. I think he could. They could have brought us wins because had they played more during the year, I think we could have had a situation where when you know the guy when their starting guys weren't hidden and when even Connor was off a little bit. I firmly believe that McGee and Lindsay could have been really big. I mean, big parts of this team had they been given more playing time. And it's too late, late in the year, for them to have that playing time. But had they been developed early in the year, I think we could have. I mean, how many close games did we lose? We snuck out a lot of wins, close wins, close losses. We could have tipped the scales a little bit more had that
1: bench been developed better. It, it's hard to say what that what those guys could have been as players by the end of the season had they had right. more more reps early on.
0: I think we all agree we would have liked to have seen what they yeah, could have done. Yes, had. yes um, exactly. But I still tend to think his kitchen wasn't very stocked. No. And he made kind of the he, most He's cooking food.
1: with a lot of ramen.
0: And that's it, That's <laughs> on him. By the way, we've all talked about that. That yeah. is not on anybody but Grayguard. but I'm just talking in season. I give him a B minus. I think he made the most of what he had to some degree. All right, let's move to backcourt. For the backcourt, I have Hepburn, Klezmit, Asijin. Uh You can combine the grades or you can quickly kind of roll through them. I didn't know if we wanted to do individual grades for everybody. That might get too long. So let's just start with backcourt with those three players. Uh, I'll kick this one off. We'll kind of rotate around. I went B- minus with those three. I actually think Hepburn got more flack than he deserved. I don't think he wants to be the primary scorer. I don't think that should be his role. He was kind of forced into it. I still think he's a really dynamic uh, perimeter defender. He became a really good uh, spot-up shooter this year, shooting about 40%. I liked a lot of what he did. Connor stepping in playing almost 30 minutes a game as a freshman. And then Klezman, as the season went on, became really one of our best two-way players. Um, There were certainly points in the season where all three players were inconsistent. We could never count on all three of them at the same time, which is why my grade is a little down. But for that trio, the backcourt, I'm going B-. I'm
2: going B- for the backcourt because I think that, I mean, we talk about Connor in there. I mean, I feel like we're all going to give him an A, right, if we were to grade him separately. So that's why I think it drives it up a little bit. And without Chucky playing the way that he, I mean, even though he disappointed us a lot without him, we are 14th in the big 10. I mean, we, we absolutely have a horrific season without him. So, and I think Klezman is deserves a lot of credit for everything he did. And when he was out, we really missed him. So yeah, I think backcourt B plus, that's the part of the team that I felt like did the best.
1: I'm gonna kind of split between the two of you here. I'll, I'll break them down into the three different categories, but I, I think Connor's an A because from a freshman standpoint, what you got out of him from production is is flat out A. You can't expect more than that from a freshman. Um, I think that Klesman was probably a B plus. Um, I, we would have liked him to have been a little bit more aggressive offensively, but he brought a lot to the table more than I think we were expecting to start the season. And I think Chucky was probably a C plus. And I think that Chucky, part of that is, is that an A for him is I'm not sure it's it's in his wheelhouse because I don't know if we'll ever see him become a a plus scorer inside the three point line, which is is kind of where he gets dinged by me. Like I don't think he was particularly bad this year, but the fact that he he's limited in how he can provide scoring opportunities to you is is where I struggle with it. And that's it's he's still a good player. It's just that you really, really could use that point guard being able to get to the rim a little bit and being able to get some some buckets and finish. And he just doesn't have that in his wheelhouse right now.
2: I think a C is harsh on him just because of how it, much defense he brings, right? Because like without, defensively, he, I mean, he had what, 50 steals this year? I mean, I, that's that's where I struggle grading Chucky low. I, I, hear, what, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like I think that's a little harsh because he brings so much on the defensive side of the floor. Right? I could be I mean... pushed to a B minus. I
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't argue. I mean, I'm not going I'm not going to substantially jump on it because I think that there were some areas where shot selection and things like that hurt us a little bit this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that that's necessarily like you said, Ryan. It's not something that he wants to be doing. Mm. But you're still choosing to take the shots. I don't think I think there were times when he he chose to put to put the ball up when it wasn't the best play that was there.
0: You probably could have found a better look. I, again, I think that's that's partially on Chucky for sure. He's the point guard at the end of the day. It's like, at the end of the day, the quarterback's responsible for where the ball goes. However, it's also, I think, reflective of the, the players around him. Yeah. I, he didn't have a ton of weapons to go to. I would say this, Justin. It feels like you're grading based on your expectations of players, which is fine. Yeah. Like, everyone's, I feel like I'm I'm probably looking at it more just in the totality. Like, I don't care yeah. if you're a freshman or Objectively not. Objectively
1: looking at it in terms of that. Yeah, I'm that, looking that, more at whatever my expectations of player. I, I get I that.
0: Think fair. I think both of those ways are fair, by the way. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. But I, I actually would bring a Asijin down a little bit because he was, frankly, pretty terrible the last month. Um,
1: I, I won't disagree with that. And, I, I am, and he is one that I am taking on totality because mm-hmm. as a freshman, I think that – we got way more from him for the bulk of the season than we ever could have. And if and without him, quite frankly, in the beginning of the season, carrying us offensively at times, we probably have six, seven more losses.
0: I think that's fair. We we definitely would have lost a couple more for sure. All right, let's switch to front court. Rajiv kicked this one off. You haven't led one yet. Uh, Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, your primary front court players there.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give him a C for the front court. I think that the shooting percentage definitely was the thing that lacked. The consistency offensively lacked. Um, Tyler Wall getting hurt was a huge kind of downfall for the season. <clears throat> but I think overall I'm going to bring him a C because I'm going to have Crowell in a later award. But I, I think Crowell is, you know, he was a really critical part of our team. And all the people that did well, had they done poorly, we would have been just awful. I mean, everyone had to play to the best of their ability. And we didn't get there, but yeah, I think overall C there was a, they, we had a lot of production out of the front court, um,
1: not the consistency that I would have wanted. So therefore average. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give Krell a B minus. I think he took a nice step this year for him. I think that you still would like to see him be far more consistent. I think there's a lot of ground to make up there on the defensive side, which is where I'd like to see him be more just to be he it's not necessarily be a shot blocker, but at least be somebody who's disruptive in the paint because he's not really doing that even. Um beyond that, I I felt like we kind of saw what we thought we'd get from him for a lot of this season. I'm gonna go ahead and say I think C minus D plus for for Wall. I mean, from what we from what he was the year before, I was expecting him to come in and at least match that. And I think that there were times where he don't he just flat out hurt us on the floor with some of his. His shot selection. Uh he he was kind of a black hole on offense at times. Um, and the shooting, some of the the opportunities in terms of free throw shooting and stuff like that, he really stung us in a couple of games where we could have used critical free throws, missing front ends and stuff like that. Krell did a little bit of that too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. It has a poor free sh- uh poor shooting in general free from the free throw mm-hmm. line from the front. I went C minus. I just think the inconsistency from Crowell was tough to deal with. Uh, his last four games of the regular season, it was fourteen points, two points, twenty-one points, eight points. Right? That's mm-hmm. that's not consistent enough from your upperclassmen. Um, and then with the problem with Wall is he's the highest use- when you look at usage, he's the highest usage player on the team by percentage of the regulars, mm-hmm. and he shot at a, an effective field goal percentage that's worse than Jordan Davis. I mean, so you can't be a high usage player and also be incredibly low efficiency. Yeah.
1: Um, or you get so, Russell Westbrook.
0: Yeah, you wrestle Wall- <laughs> to Russell Westbrook without the athleticism. Like that's, yes. that's a very bad player at times. Now defensively, he was fine and he was a good rebounder, and he but I give it a C minus. Um, all right, we're gonna come back. We're gonna finish off the grades. We still have to do the bench. I think we'll probably have relatively similar grades for the bench on this team, but we have
1: incomplete
0: really a very <laughs> incomplete. quick break for friends of the show over at Bill Bar. A big exciting announcement here. Um, listen, everybody, we've all had moments in life where something big is coming and you just can't wait. Whether it's a regular season starting, you traded for a franchise quarterback, you can't wait to see him suit up. Uh, the new Star Wars movie dropping, whatever it is, we've all had moments where something exciting is coming. And that's coming to bar. Uh, if you go to built.com on April 22nd, I don't even have all the details yet. They haven't released it. But the excitement is real. It's something you don't want to miss. If you know how Bilt works, they constantly and consistently do incredible protein bars, the best in the world. And they do these with amazing flavors, um, with unreal quality and, and sometimes limited quantity. They're doing a major new drop. Mark your calendars. Head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is. Make sure you use promo code Locked On Fifteen and you'll get fifteen percent off your order. I don't know what they have baked up in the lab, but if you know Built, if you're familiar with the products, you will not be disappointed. April twenty second, Locked On Fifteen, get fifteen percent off your order. I want to thank everybody again for tuning in. For all the everydayers, if you were here with us uh, yesterday, you heard us kind of break down the newest uh, Badger commit on Kerry and Barry Johnson you if you're here with us tomorrow you're going to hear more news about the launch coming up so thank you for everybody tuning in every day the everydayers on the grind tuning in with every single day all right let's keep going here let's bring uh rajiv justin back on uh let's wrap up the grades really quick i don't even think we need to spend a ton of time on this one uh the bench it's an f for me it i mean i i don't i I, we don't try to crush people i don't but if your six man ends up being carter gilmore um it's just an F for me. It, it, the bench was a. Disaster. He
1: averaged what? Three points per game? Two, something? I'll
2: Have
0: to look it up. And he played his butt off. We talked about it. On, but we got nothing I'll, from the bench.
2: I'll go D minus only because Connor was on the bench for a, most of the for half the season, so okay. he was fantastic coming off the
1: bench. So D minus. See, for me, it's an F, and the reason why I say that is because it was a problem the year before. And it was still a problem this year. So it's like you didn't address the, the most critical area that you had a problem with.
0: Yeah, it it's it wasn't good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's go. Let's switch to a letter note, guys. Uh, best win of the year. Justin, I think it's your turn to lead this one off. We'll always keep kind of rotating here. What's oh, your man. best win of the year?
1: Um, or do you want question. us to lead this one off? Uh, I'll, I'll go Michigan. <laughs> I think that's a good one just for Hunter Dickens. Mm-hmm. he he had that one coming.
2: Yep, I have the same one written down. Michigan, um, you know, I love seeing Hunter just look like an a-hole and he is one and that's fine, but listen, um, that's a, that was a good win for us because down the stretch, there were a lot of games where we, we expected to lose and we won and we expected to win and we lost and that mm-hmm. was one of the ones where we expected to lose and, you know, we, we were talking about how Michigan was going to just dominate us and they didn't and that was a big win for us at home.
0: Yeah, so Michigan was mine as well. It's a clean sweep. Um, you know, Crowell, or Connor had a huge game that day. But let me switch gears. because like, I had another honorable mention one, and it was the second Iowa game because getting mm-hmm. to sweep Iowa with that coaching staff and those players that they, they can consistently have the most grading play. Well, maybe Hunter Dickinson, but they have some of the most grading players and coaches in Big Ten basketball. And to sweep them this year, I, I love that. So that was my honorable mention.
1: I I don't hate McCaffrey from a from just a personality standpoint. Oh, but I hate it? his at his way he plays on the court. Like the way he coaches, I don't like it because it shows a complete lack of composure, and that's where I have a problem with him. That's why so I'm sweet. amused okay. when he blows up. But it's not like watching um Michigan's coach where you sit there and you're like, You're just in you're not competent. Like you just don't – you have all this talent at your disposal and you're bad. Like you you should be – Michigan should have won the league this last year. They were the most talented team in the league and they were a complete train wreck.
0: Mm-hmm. He's not a good coach. Juwan nope. Howard's not a good coach. Um, nope. uh, let's go worst loss. Uh, I'll kick this one off. I think it might be up to me. Uh, I went Ohio State. the The conference tournament game, I thought that was inexcusable. I thought that was completely – in, inexcusable and embarrassing to need that win and to come out with that level of effort to be down 36 to 18 at halftime, to look like you're sweet, sleepwalking through the first half. The turnovers in that game were laxadaisical in the first half. People just poking the ball away. That was as frustrated as I've been this entire season, mm-hmm. counting the Kansas game, counting the near loss to Minnesota. I, I was shocked that they didn't have more fight in that first half, guys. That was the worst loss of the season for me. The team needed it. And they came out like they didn't give a crap. Yeah.
2: I think I would have gone with that one, but I wasn't. I was in London during that time, so I didn't get to watch that game and com- completely. But I went uh, bringing on the back Michigan train at Michigan when we absolutely should have won the game. We had fouls we didn't to foul. get. We didn't foul. We're up. And then we had a, a Max Klesman with just an incredible block in the corner. Yeah. Ball comes in, and of course, just of course, it just gets bounced up in the air. Hunter Dickinson grabs it. Turns around, takes one dribble, fires it up, and makes it. I mean, that that was at that point, I thought, okay, our tournaments, our tournament dreams are pretty much toast. <clears throat> All that Rajiv optimism just fell out <laughs> completely of my body. It was such a horrible loss, and that stuck with me. It's that Illinois loss in football, that Michigan loss in basketball. Those are the two losses that really, really stung. And that one was automatically that was that was the easiest category for me to, to pick worst loss.
0: That's a
1: good one. I think for me, it was the the game in the NIT, Ooh. where we had an incredible first half, and I called it at a halftime that this is going to flip, and I think I, I predicted 14 points in the second half, and we couldn't even get to 14 points. God. And I'm just like
2: nine minutes. Like nine I, minutes. I can't
1: believe I said this, and I said it because I was like, we're gonna these shots are going to stop falling. And then what we're going to, what's going to happen with this team is we're going to continue to take the same shots mm-hmm. and we're just not going to make them. And that was the thing that that's why it was so frustrating to me because it was like, it was a complete lack of understanding that the game had changed and that we needed to, to do something differently, offensively, to get, to get easier scores. And we just, we just kept doing what we were doing.
2: I have to say something funny about that. I was driving in a car during that game. I was not watching it because I was, I was, I left Las Vegas, of course, on that day to go see my parents in Indiana, driving from Chicago down to my parents' house. I, I asked my wife for the score cause I was driving and she told me we had like 56 points or whatever. And then like a few minutes later, I'm like, what's the score? I'm like, can you refresh? She, like, we, we, we can't, we can't just be on the same points. And then a few minutes later it happened again. I'm like, how are we still on the same point? Yeah. It was unbelievable. I, and I can, I, I never went back to watch it. I knew what had happened. I don't even care about it. It was awful. It's, it's the
0: worst last second play you will ever see in your life, Rajiv, if you didn't actually go back and watch them. <laughs> I, I,
1: did, I did see that. <laughs> well, I mean, we had a couple of those under Bo, too, that, that were like, no, oh, my God, was, we're, we don't get a shot off. It
0: was inexcusable throwing it into your two upperclassmen and watching him play hot potato with, like, five seconds. Yeah. Anyway, that those are all painful losses, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for that trip back down a terrible road. Let's – Let's take a quick pause here, and then we're going to come back and wrap it up. Um, we're going to talk about this. is always a good one. What individually were we right about, and then what were we wrong about with this season? That's always a good one. We're coming up next with that on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a very quick break for our friends of the show. All right, welcome back to Lockdown Badgers. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, I always love having both these gentlemen on, guys. Uh, Rajiv, let's kick this off with you. I think it's probably your turn. What were you right about coming into this year?
2: Um, I was right about the fact that I did not think Jordan Davis was going to be able to take any kind of step forward. And, um, I was also right about Jacoby Neath, not really being getting into this. Uh, we did that really on one of the early shows. I said, I I said, Jacoby Neath was, I really, I've never really been impressed with him. He's always very injury prone. And I did not think he was going to make it anywhere into our rotation. Obviously he was hurt for much of the year. I still don't think he would have done it, but him not really being a factor and Jordan Davis, not taking a big leap that. A lot of people thought he would, and we hoped he would, uh, but that's what I was right about. Sadly, they're both negative things, but I was right about both of them.
0: Justin, I feel like I know where you're going with this. Oh yes, we all what? know where
2: Justin's going with this.
1: No, victory lap. Is I, I think murder. his name is his name is Connor. Let's get it. I believe I believe I said that I thought he was going to be average over twelve minutes a game. It's yeah. definitely definitely over that was he 27? 27 27.4.4 <laughs> like yeah he almost averaged that many points for many minutes um yeah I, I i think we we saw a lot of why i was high on him when you watched some of the, the trip to, to europe where i got to see some of the things that he was doing on the court and i'm like these things translate um so yeah i felt pretty confident about him and i, I think that he mostly backed it up he's got some things to work on uh he's definitely went through freshman growing pains where he kind of needs to learn how to adjust when people start playing him a certain way. And that's, I think something mentally he'll learn. He'll, he'll figure out the the old dude at the Y game where when people start taking things away, he'll he'll learn how to adjust to it and and put those people in a bad spot. Um, Yeah. I I think that's the biggest one for me. Um, The ones that I, the one that I probably would say that I was wrong on,
0: well, hold on, that's the next segment. Okay. Hold, on. Right, hold on. All right, all right, all right. Let's okay. let's bask in your victory statement yeah. as well. Let's not shift to negative because you all nailed, right. all you nailed all right. the Connor statement as much as I think anybody I saw in the media. So you no know, kudos on that one, man. You crushed that one. Um, the one where I was right on unfortunate Rajiv, This is much like you, mine's also negative. Before the season, a lot of people expected a big jump from, from Hepburn. And I said, listen, it's it's gonna be really tough when the best defenders, the best perimeter defenders are now not guarding Davis, they're guarding Hepburn. Mm. Like we're going to have trouble scoring at the rim. I said that repeatedly. I said, we're still going to have scoring slumps because we're not going to be able to generate easy looks on this team.
1: That is an yeah. understatement.
0: Yeah. That, that, <laughs> I hit, I hit on that one. And that, that's an unfortunate one. You don't want to hit on that. Like, I think all of us are normal fans where we'd rather be wrong on something and the team be good than to be right. And it means the badger are struggling about something. So, all right, let's wrap it around to the things we were wrong on. I'll just start on this one. I'm wrong on Kamari McGee, like eight, I came into the year saying I think he's going to get a consistent 10-ish minutes a game and some games even more than that. Um, I thought he was going to be the playmaker off the bench. I thought this team desperately needed a quick, smaller guard that could be a little disruptive. And quite frankly, I was like, there's no reason Guard's going to go get a guy with three years of scholarship in the transfer portal if he's not going to play him. Well, I'm wrong on that one.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, go ahead.
2: I was definitely wrong about the thing that Justin was right about. I was saying under 12 minutes for Connor. I didn't, had no real, I mean, you know, typically you see these freshmen come in, especially in the gray guard system. You don't usually see them play that much, but boy, am I glad to be wrong on that and glad that he got a lot of minutes that he did and the point the point production that he did.
1: I was wrong on McGee, like Ryan, and I was also wrong on Elver. I thought there was a chance that Elver was going to be Somehow find his way ahead of Gilmore eventually. And that most definitely did not happen this season. Um, we'll find out if he's just a sunk cost at this point or not. Hopefully we figure out a way to make him viable. But right now it's pretty clear that guard doesn't believe in him as a player quite yet. And hopefully an offseason gets him mentally where he needs to be so that we can get him out on the court and, and making some plays for us. We kind of saw with a, with a, with Ford when he was here that he had to grow into a role. So I'm hoping that Ilver kind of follows that and becomes finds a way to be a productive player for us too.
0: Yeah, it's possible. Uh, all right, let's go. I don't know who's up next, but Rajiv, let's kick it off to you. Um, stat that most surprised you looking back at the end of the year, good or bad or both. what surprises you statistically with this team? Uh,
2: 42% field goal percentage from Tyler Wall. Just not good enough. From a guy that was absolutely our, you know, kind of, T- coming into the year, you would have said probably MVP, definitely one of the most important parts of our team. I don't know how many times that guy got blocked. And just, I mean, he just, like, I think Justin Cerely is like a black hole sometimes. It just didn't work for him. He, he And I know I know the injury definitely affected him, but he lost some of that creativity in the post. I mean, he was really good about, you know, drop steps and getting out of the basket and in reverse layups and all that stuff just kind of disappeared. And when you have a guy that has been one of our most productive post players for, for many years to have him shoot 42% when all of his shots are basically within three feet, that's just not good enough. And that stat is the reason that this team did not, was not very successful this year.
1: Steven Krull 0. 0.5 blocks per game. <laughs> not
0: great
1: for your five. Mm-hmm. Surprising? You're a 6'10", 6'11 guy. And you can't get a block a game. Like you should get a block a game. Just sticking your hands straight up in the air when people are coming to the room.
0: Yeah, he, this this team definitely lacks a rim protector. I I actually went with the one that we already talked about, but I'll throw it out there that uh, that twenty seven minutes a game for Connor like that. Looking back mm-hmm. at it, that's stunning to me because we mm-hmm. even the hot even just like nobody was thinking he would get almost thirty minutes. A I, game. I
1: figured he'd be around fifteen max, yeah. which I thought would be pretty quite a bit.
0: That's crazy to me. Um, so that one's surprising. Let's go to um, and I feel like we've kind of covered this maybe, but most disappointing aspect. Maybe we haven't fully covered this part, uh, Justin. I'll kick this one to you to start. The thing that just disappointed you the most overall with this team?
1: Uh, it was it was quite honestly the the roster composition coming into this year. Like I think we we knew coming in that we needed to do more prior to the season. Uh, we know last year's team, well, <clears throat> now, two years ago when Davis was here, was heavily carried by him in big moments, and and a lot of the wins was Johnny Davis heroics. And I think we got to see a lot of that by him missing this year. And Connor covered up some of it, but he's just not there yet to be that player to cover up more of it. But it's pretty clear how limited this roster is before some of the acquisitions that we just made in this this offseason, which hopefully will, will give us a nice bump. But, yeah, this it was really hard to watch this team play. Like, from an athleticism and skill standpoint, it was a tough season to watch.
2: When you look, we we played a lot of close games this year. And if you put a poll out to every Badger fan during every close game and said, All right, last minute, what what's what's the game? What are we gonna do? All of us would have got it right. We all would have said a chucky fadeaway, not a very good shot. That to me, just I don't know how many times we came on reaction shows and complained about the fact that there is no creativity in late game situations, and that has got to change next year. I don't know what is going on with that. I mean, constantly just ISO ball to Chucky. He dribbles around. He's not really good enough to create that drive shot. So he has to fade away. And how many times did he miss that shot this year? And there, the late games in in all aspects of late game situations, some of the coaching decisions, as far as the fouling goes and not really working on that when, you know, when you're up three and then constantly going to the same situation. If, if all three of us know and half of our fan base knows What do you think the other team does? They know exactly what's going to happen. So they're going to defend against it. There's no screens. There's no pick and roll. There's nothing happening. There's no two man game. And it was the same shot every time. And it was extremely disappointing. And it led to so many of our losses.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm actually going to ping a little bit with what Justin said. I just think the aesthetic of the team, like this, this was one of the more painful Badger teams I can ever remember watching. And that's That's just disappointing.
1: Borderline Dick Bennett basketball.
0: Yeah, it was just hard, really hard
1: to watch. watch.
0: Like, how many games did we come onto a reaction show and say, "Yeah, that was kind of the it, literally the exact same game script," and there was mm-hmm. a lack of adjustments. Listen, there was also just a lack of talent and depth on the team. But I, I felt like guard could have tried some different things, maybe played a little more up tempo, gone a little smaller, tried to zone occasionally, like, try something to get out of just. We were mired in the muck of the swamp of sadness, and there was never like a lifeline coming down to tell, help try to pull us out.
1: And we were just, the horse.
0: We were the horse. A we tracks? <laughs> tracks? Yeah. Tra- yeah. We died in the swamp of sadness some games and nobody ever tried to pull us out. It felt like that. I felt like Guard could have done a little more there. Um, two more quick ones. We got defensive player, defensive MVP, I should say. Well, I'll kick this one off. I think it's Hepburn. Listen, I really like what Klesmith did down the stretch. Uh, Rajiv, you mentioned his ridiculous block in that Michigan game. He became really a two-way force for us. I think Tyler Wall is very versatile defensively, but he lacks some size and athleticism, quite frankly, to match up with the really good forwards. I think Hepburn as the point of attack defender is a stud. We saw him with his quick hands make a ton of steals throughout the season. Uh, He holds up really well there. You can't post him up the only issue is occasionally the really quick guards give him trouble, but the really quick guards give just about everybody trouble in college basketball. So I think, I think Hepburn's a dude on defense. He's my defensive MVP.
2: I'm going to let Justin break the tie here because I'm going to go Kleisman. Um, And because I, for me, it's about effort uh, defense and um, you know, his effort is incredible and he never stops. He, he has a motor that just keeps on running. I understand the Hepburn argument and I, I wanted to give it to him too a little bit, but, Klesman, to me, just every single time you watch the guy, if you just watch him for a couple possessions, don't take your eyes off him. The effort, the motor that he has, how moves he moves around the court really well. He's always very, he, he can anticipate what's happening with the offensive player. He does such a good job, and he made a lot of a lot of big plays for us. He he averaged just under uh, Chucky's steals per game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think best defender of the year, definitely Max Klesman.
1: I'm going to go Klesman. And I'll say why there there were a few games where we saw Chucky get abused by quick guards, and I don't mean he was he was just not great defensively. I mean he got abused in a couple games where they just they went right past him to the to the lane, and I don't think we saw that from Klesmith very often. Um, he normally would fight through it. Like there were times where he had players that were more bigger and more skilled that he he struggled to defend at times. But I never looked at him and said he's completely overmatched here. Um, And Chucky didn't really have a lot of that where he's completely overmatched, but he had times where he had some bad string of play where it's like, man, you've got to adjust.
0: Yeah. If you look at, it's interesting. If you look at the advanced metrics, uh, go to college basketball reference, their advanced defensive um, metrics are very similar. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're both graded out as as pretty good defenders. All right, let's, let's wrap up here. uh, Team MVP this year, put it all together. Uh, Rajiv, let's kick it off to you. Who was the team MVP this year?
2: I think it was Stephen Crowell. Um, you know, I, I, thought about this for a minute, but I, I really feel like, you know, he did a lot. There were a lot of games where he was dependent upon to, to do all the scoring. Uh, he had stretches in games where he was really the guy, uh, that was dominating is, did he play as well as we wanted? No, I wish he would have shot a little bit better from outside. I think he shot uh, 30% from three, but that's still 30% from a five when that's okay. Um, and it, he needs to improve, but I, I think, He was our best player. He averaged 12.1 points a game, just under 12.2 from Hepburn. Uh, But, you know, Hepburn, I think that we've identified some issues and holes in his game. And and while crowd defensively, there leaves a lot to be desired, I think without him, from a truly most valuable player situation, without him, we're completely lost.
1: I'm going to say it's Connor, and I'll say why. Because if you take him out of the lineup and put somebody in there that a traditional freshman that averages, say, five points a game, this team doesn't even make the nit. There's there's too many games where they needed him to put up 14, 13, 17 in a game for us to beat to get just enough to get over the hump and win that if we have anybody that's not productive from a scoring standpoint, we're just done. Um, everyone else kind of played about where we expected them to be. He's the only guy that you really look at and be like, "Wow. This is this is way well above expectations for the bulk of the season."
0: This is interesting because we vastly disagree on this one, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, let's, we'll put this into a poll, too. I'm curious to see what, what Badger fans – and let us know in the comments. What do you guys think? Because I think it's Hepburn again. Um, I, I think Connor had too many holes defensively to be the team MVP. He's definitely the income – he's definitely the newcomer of the year. And you're right. Mm-hmm. Offensively, we would have been lost without him. Um, Rajiv, your point of if you took Kral off this team, where would we be? And it's true. The depth at five is is frightening. It is a horror movie. Gilmore, Gilmore is a starting center in the Big Ten. That's terrifying. <laughs> but I think it's equally true if you took Heparn off this team. Who's the point guard?
2: Um Klesman. I, I, I think I think I think Klesmond and McGee. Could have done enough up top. Not to say that we would be as good, but know. if you, but if you take if you take Crowell out, we wouldn't be as you good. You put in Gilmore, and you take out McGee, and 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 you 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 have like McGee and Clesent running the point. I think we're doing we do better than if you take Crowell off the team. That's that's kind of where I I, my I
0: think is. we're so only my opinion. And listen, the, the loss of Crowell to your point, it would certainly be disastrous for this team. I think if you lost Hepburn. The holes in Klezman and McGee's game, trying to play 30, 40 minutes at the point guard would be exploited. Um, every every bigger guard would destroy McGee. We saw that defensively. He can't hold up defensively against a starting Big Ten guard. And Klezman, as, as skilled as he is, I don't think he's a playmaker. I think Hepburn's, a lot of what Hepburn does gets overlooked because he's asked to do more than he should. Mm-hmm. But I think this this is a fascinating conversation, and we're going to put it in a poll. Uh, and I don't think any of these answers are necessarily wrong. I think we just disagree. And we all shake our heads for those on the podcast (laughs) listening. Can't watch that. I guess
2: that kind of, it it kind of sends the message like overall, like there were so many things wrong with this team. And the fact that like, we don't have a consensus MVP just kind of shows that no one really was able to step up and be the guy. And that's, that's truly the reason that we didn't make the tournament, which is overarchingly the biggest disappointment and we finished so low in the Big Ten, which we've done. We never, you know, we never finished that low in the conference. And that's because of this answer, right? There was no clear cut MVP. And that's why we are where we are.
0: That's a great point. Um, that's a good one to end on. Uh, we're at 35 minutes. Really appreciate everybody for tuning in. Great episode. We wrapped up the basketball season on Wisconsin. We'll talk again tomorrow. And in a couple of days, we'll be at the launch uh, mm-hmm. at Skani Bar. We hope to see everybody there. She will be there. Justin will be there. I'll be there. Um so Scotty Bar 2 to 4:30ish would love to see you guys we're going to do a show give away some stuff um hopefully get a couple people there i'm working on it i promise i'm trying so on Wisconsin and uh, we'll talk later